Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. All righty, we are back with another episode of Positive Perspectives brought to you by Wealth Building Made Simple. And I have a long-term, long-term friend. I think probably one of my, I don't use the friend, I don't use the term friend lightly, but Matt, I'm pretty sure, Matt, you were like my first friend in Dallas. Um, yeah, man, um, you are, you definitely, um, because you, you were coming from, you're from Houston, from but I Houston. met you after your, your, your stint at UTSA. Mm-hmm. And so you were working at Northwestern Mutual at the time and you were really engaged. You were wanting to, to be involved in the community. And so seeing, seeing, seeing someone uh, with the professional acumen that you have being so excited about and giving back to the community was exciting. And I really have enjoyed our over decade relationship. Yeah, man, that went by fast too, right? We was young, yeah. young, young, I mean, young hair that didn't know you nothing. Did, you didn't have hair, and I had a little bit of hair. Like we kind of <laughs> switched roles, right? Hey, and I had a, I had a relative newborn, and, and you have one. Yeah, we have. I have one now. It's uh, Aiden Lewis is nine and a half months old, um, and this is an exciting experience to say the least. Yeah, yeah. No, man. Well, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to. Have this conversation because I think um, you know one of the things that I think attracted uh, me to you was your your positive perspective, man. You know, I, uh, I consider myself somebody who does my best to uh, stay as positive as I can be, and mm-hmm. and so I've watched you do that as well. And so I wanted to have you on. And so my, my first question that I ask all guests, um, and 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 before before we go there, let me actually. Uh, upgrade everybody on what you're doing now. So can you just share like what you're doing now? So everybody can get a background. I sure can. Um, I am currently, uh, I'm doing several things. I am still a community um, uh, advocate, uh, specifically in economic development, leadership and education. Um, And so I am currently a professor of management at, or a lecturer of management at the University of North Texas at Dallas, where I teach entrepreneurship, leadership, and and social entrepreneurship, Philip. You've attended. Uh, you you you've been the guest lecturer of my class a couple of times, um, and that's why I'm currently here now in my office, uh, in t- doing this broadcast in between final exams. So uh, <laughs> please please forgive me if I'm still kind of uh, all over the place. But I know I'll have students emailing me or knocking on my door. Uh, but I also am CEO of Collaborative Culture, LLC. Um, that's a firm um, that I started in 2013 under MLH Enterprises. Um, but I currently serve um, with uh, as as a conduit between developers, community members, um, and and public officials to build catalytic projects across the region. Um, I've also created a, an organization with uh, several of my colleagues at UNT Dallas called the Trailblazer Advisory Group. It's an economic development firm that focuses specifically on building uh, impact analysis um, for uh, 
projects, catalytic projects all over the North Texas region. And we worked on the Southern Gateway Deck Park, providing their economic impact analysis. And we're currently um, creating research um, and, and, and literary papers um, to, to solve the affordable housing um, challenges that we mm -hmm. have in the inner city of Dallas. That's a huge, you know, and, and I know, I know folks who know, you know, this, but like, man, this has been a recurring passion question you <laughs> had since I've known you, man. And so it's, it's beautiful to just watch you actually now, like express the answers to the question that, you know what I'm saying? That, that you've been asking the world for over a decade now. Well, it, it's funny that you say that because uh, this year is the first year I've, I've seen the clarity um, once I'm articulating what I'm doing, people, are, the light bulbs are starting to, to go off. Um, Ten years ago, I would have these aspirational dreams as a 28-year-old saying, I want to change Dallas and I want to unify things. And people, a lot of people, rightfully so, for the record, especially if you're trained um, in the marketplace or you're trained in the corporate space, um, can hear that answer and say, where's the direction of that? And so to see, uh, to, to flash forward, to move forward 10 years, uh, to see that I can have some, some tangible things that, that people can comprehend and that I don't sound like I'm just casting dreams um, is it, very encouraging. Yeah, yeah, man, as, as, you, as you were talking, it's, it's going to come to you during the conversation, though, because I know I hear what you're saying and you and uh, and we have very complimentary personalities. Uh, and so you're being nice about it. But it's like it's like a scripture where it says something to the effect of like. Seeing evidence is overrated, you know, what I'm saying like <laughs> belief is all you need and you allow the power that created the universe to align the components when you need them right in the proper order in the proper timing, right? So anyway, I don't, I don't be at that point, but my point, you know, I, I love fine. that. Yeah, I resonate I love, with you know, that. I love True. the humility. I love the humility. I'll brag for you. All right. Well, uh, so um, positive perspective. Um, I want to make sure I ask the question properly because you got me all excited. I'm about to go a different direction for economic development. And, but, and I'm here. I, I joke about my classes but i am i am good for for a significant amount of time this entire block about this hour so we're good got it got it so 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 first question is whenever what do you do to maintain a positive perspective right like mm -hmm. throughout all the changes that i've witnessed you know you have you've right I'm, you know, nobody's perfect right so we have our ebb and flows but like you've ascended on an upward trajectory right, um, over time. And so what have you done to maintain such a positive perspective? Well, um, well, one, it's a work in progress. Let me first say that. Um, I don't have the, there's no silver bullet. I don't have the, per, the, the perfect elixir. I don't have uh, the right answer. Um, but at, through my journey, um, the, the one constant that has been um, prevalent, uh, one is my faith. Um, my faith in God specifically um, as, as a believer in Christ. Um, that's the anchor um, in, 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 in my studies um, in regard, regardless of my um, journey, the season of my journey, whether I am 
in a space where I'm deeply studying uh, the Bible or in a space where I'm practicing a lot um, in, in, in the marketplace. Um, that faith is kind of my, my, my foundation in which my parents, my family groomed me in, um, which I'm super appreciative of. Um, and then secondly, it also allows me, allows that to be the constant um, a variable in every type of equation that I'm in. And so as I am um, navigating through different spaces in academia and different spaces in the marketplace, I still have those core beliefs um, that, can, that can keep me grounded, that, that allows me to have some sort of health indicator. Um, because if you don't have uh, if you don't have anything that's consistent in all of your lives, it's very hard. It's very easy to get lost and it's hard to kind of um, tether back um, to your, your core, your core purpose. And so my faith is one. Um, but specifically in the last three years, I guess during COVID, um, family has been the thing that's kept me um, happy, that's kept me in the mindset of purpose. Um, and it started with my courtship, now my, well, my continual courtship, and now our advancement in our relationship with my wife, uh, Shamoria Clark Houston. And, and, and that journey, one, I'm just lucky to be, to be in that space um, uh, with her. Secondly, um, I am honored that she uh, bought, in, bought, bought into my, my dream and vision uh, because that wasn't necessarily her trajectory. Um, her, she, she can, she can, she has um, ambitions on her own. Um, but when she decided to date and then marry Mr. Community, um, who was who was who was pro pro Oak Cliff, like for <laughs> real, um, um, she sacrificed some things that I truly appreciate, and and that in itself um, allows me to have a healthy mindset uh, to to continue with the dreams uh, becoming a reality. Secondly, she's just much smarter than I am. Um, the fact that um, uh, she's in my life now allows me to quantify all of the things that are abstract or, or that are visionary in my mind. Um, it, not that she forces me to, to, to answer what I'm doing, but it allows, she allows me to process, fully process my dream, make it into a plan or a vision and then a plan so that I can execute. And so uh, going through this process, we've been married, it'll be two years. It'll be two years, wow. Um, mm -hmm. It'll be, no, it'll be three years yeah, in, yeah, in January. Yeah. Um, wow, time flies. And so, um, uh, and when you're having fun, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not time for the record, um, but I, I've really gotten focused um, and, and understanding that timelines are necessary so that we can show productivity. And, and she is the first step um, because as an engineer, she, she builds systems um, and systems are, are the framework that allows uh, society or culture to be able to improve because it provides a space where people won't have to reinvent the wheel every time uh, to be better. I didn't know she was an engineer. That makes total sense. Y'all are like a match made in heaven. Well, I mean, the dreamer and, and the engineer. those match maids in heaven is still a Bravo channel. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, it's it's all good. 
Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a segment for a second because you said something that I just really, I, I never asked anybody, and I've been waiting to ask you this question, mm-hmm. um, and it has nothing to do with any of this serious stuff. So, like, I, I went to a, uh, I bought this shirt at at, at Bullzerk over in uh, uh, Bishop Arts, mm-hmm. and it said, uh, "It's always sunny in South Dallas," and then I wore it to a talk that I did over in Redbird, and, and lady was like, "This is not South Dallas." It's not South Dallas like, at all. And I was like, I was like, let me get a map. Uh, this is south of downtown. I feel like it's south Southern of- Dallas. It's not South so, Dallas. Right. So I was like, explain to me, like, so I know it's Oak. Like, what is South Dallas? What's Oak? I'm not sure. Is Oak that Cliff. Oak Cliff or is that Redbird? Like, I, I thought it was Oak Cliff. So I was like, well, shoot, I'm confused now. Help me. Help me. Well, well, one, um, you're not alone. And so <laughs> I appreciate your vulnerability in that. Uh, and, and so I will not reciprocate with vitriol to you. Uh, <laughs> Because it's it's natural. Uh, one, Dallas is a transient city. North Texas is a transient region now, as we are we are we are um, attracting over sixty people a day to move here. And so, with that, we lose a lot of historical context. And so, uh, sunny South Dallas is uh, a, an area uh, that's specific that geographically. Is, is specific to the now what we call the Fair Park area. So uh, okay. the borders are I-30 to the north, um, I-45 or so um, to the west. Uh, and then there's there's a slither uh, going down 2nd Avenue, things of that nature. It's a specific area. Um, and it can, it can also, uh, it also uh, spread, spread into Dolphin, the Dolphin Heights neighborhood and things of that nature. But that was an area uh, in the 50s and 60s where African-Americans who were upwardly, becoming upwardly mobile were able to live in the city. And mm-hmm. so South Dallas from the 60s until, let's say, the early 2000s um, was that specific area. Oak Cliff um, is a much larger uh, footprint in Dallas. The border is to the north is still I-30, um, but uh, it, it goes all the way down. The original Oak Cliff ended on, at Illinois Avenue. Okay. Uh, for the record, uh, when it was its own city in the late 19th century, uh, going into the turn of the 20th century, the developers were Marcellus and Armstrong. Marcellus, you hear Marcellus Avenue, you see that um, street that, that goes in front of South Oak Cliff High School. Um, but Armstrong is not as known to local Dallasites, but it's very known to members of uh, the town of Highland Park as after Marcellus uh, and Armstrong kind of feuded um, in terms of how to develop Oak Cliff. Uh, Armstrong packed his bags and, and traveled up north, north of the, the Dallas city limits at the time to create a community called Highland Park. And they made it the, the luxury metropolis or the luxury town center that it is today, while Marcellus uh, fell into debt and had to sell parcels of land um, for affordable housing. And so that's... Th- so. The history is very intricate here in Dallas, and so, and we're very territorial. And so, Oak Cliff um, population is about 435,000 um, mm. members now. It's about a third of the city's population. Um, and it, it, cover, it covers essentially the southwest portion of Dallas from I 45 southwest all the way to 408. Okay, so so Redbird is included in Oak Cliff. Redbird is included in Oak Cliff. So I grew up in the Redbird area, 
And though we weren't a part of the original city limits, um, it was just known growing up that uh, that's Oak Cliff. I was a part of the Oak Cliff Lions Soccer Association. Um, as, you, as you heard, South Oak Cliff High School um, is past Illinois, is further south of Illinois. And so everything to the greater Southwest, um, essentially the great Southwest borders, Lancaster, DeSoto, um, Duncanville, um, is, is all Oak Cliff. Got it. Thank you for that history lesson. I no problem. I know I spent four minutes, probably no, three no, and a half no. minutes too long answering that question, but I get no, excited when people ask about, about geographic areas. Uh, that, that's why I asked you, because I, I surely got hemmed up. I was like, I'm confused. I thought I, thought I was being well, cool wearing a shirt. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's cool if you were in South Dallas or you knew the context, but it's, it's funny because we're in a space where as Dallas is developing, um, the people who created those geographic areas were very proud of the neighborhoods because it was an exclusionary practice and those community members had to stay within those communities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so Dallas is opening up now. And as Dallas opens up, people that aren't from that, those areas assume that, oh, all of y'all are friends or all of y'all know each other. I'm new to South Dallas. Well, actually, this isn't South Dallas. You can call this Southern Dallas. Everything south of I-30 is technically southern Dallas, but uh, people don't understand when native Oak Cliffites or native South Dallas members are offended when you you mistake one or the other. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. He, I think Houston, uh, I love Houston uh, at 17, 18, but I think we got a little bit of that going on now where they're trying to turn uh, Third Ward into, sun, Mid, into Midtown, Sunside Park or something like It's something. Something yeah, it's like, something different. Yeah, the TSU uh, U of H area. It's just it's just sprawling over there. Yeah. Well, um, next question. So, uh, I know I've been stuck before in a mindset. Well, and and you know it's a it's an ongoing evolution, right? So technically, we probably are always stuck in a mindset trying to evolve because evolution is infinite. But you know, um, what's something that that, that you've done? That is that has helped you go from one mindset to another when when you felt stuck. Hmm. Um, it's outside of faith and and and, and exercising that faith. Um, it's just to continue to educate. It's to, to continue to seek resources um, to either affirm your your beliefs that you're strong in or to course correct. Um, and, and I want to give you credit because not just you as a friend. Um, you provide materials outside of just conversation um, to to give me that type of enlightenment. And so by sharing books with people or audio books with with other people so that you can keep your keep your mind fresh. Um, I think that's very important. Um, again, um, in this in this marriage journey, um, I was also inherited to, to be a part of a great family um, that have like minds um, in terms of being uh, not only academically successful, um, but professionally um, and in their families. And so uh, I just listen and, and try to absorb what other people are doing around me. Um, I think it's very important that you are the, the party, the, the company that you keep. And, mm -hmm. and so uh, having support groups um, that are being successful, that are doing well, um, helps helps me. Um, uh, and, and it can provide a support for me. Um, and that just, uh, that allows me to have different thoughts and, and reaffirm, you know what, I am, 
I'll be all right. I just need to get out of this funk and just do these things that I'm observing other people do um, uh, so that I can course correct. I appreciate that. Appreciate the shout out too, man. Uh, but you no, know, no that, that's good, man. When, when, when you're talking, I was thinking, yeah, contrast or a different way I might say it is diversity of thought. Mm -hmm. uh, that's big deal. Hey, shout out to Sean. Sean, Sean in the comments saying good afternoon. What up, Sean Tate? The man. Uh, Take legal man. services. I know, right? Sean, uh, Sean, put me onto this Japanese whiskey, premium Japanese whiskey. He that, told that me about. It. I haven't, I haven't had it yet. He told me about it as well. Yeah, yes. he bought, he, he bought me a shot at whiskeys, and it was like amazing, like mm. smooth. Uh, so uh, appreciate that shot, Sean. Hey, matter of fact, Sean, we're we're going there tonight. So if you're free, come on through. Shoot me a text. Uh, so, so uh, next question, and, and this will be a multi-layer question: Is uh, anything you're working on that you're excited about? And but I definitely also want to know about this Fort Worth Rosedale development. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get the name wrong, but I know Rosedale. Um, was in there. I remember, I well, remember the development from Florida, right? It was like an old. Yeah, it, it's similar. Name. So it, it's yeah. the it's the well, one the, the community is the historic Southside community in Fort Worth. Okay. And so, um, but we, we will. I, I will. I will. I will set that that up before we go deep into, into that, that, that development. But I'm really excited at the work that I'm doing here, at the, not only at the university, uh, but with my colleagues, just being problem solvers uh, to develop not only Southern Dallas County, but just develop the North Texas region. Um, I've been blessed to have uh, a dean, um, Dr. Karen Shumway. Um, who is the dean of the School of Business here at UNT Dallas, um, invest in me, um, not only giving me a chance uh, just to teach a, low, a lonely entrepreneurship class, um, but she connect, She intentionally connected me with um, a PhD in economic development, uh, a man by the name of Dr. John Hubbard, um, who's a former city manager, um, a government official, and he's now an elected official in his, in his town. Um, but he's a brilliant man who loves everything economic development. Um, city planners, city planners of color um, know him well. Um, he, he's essentially that godfather in that space. And so mm -hmm. um, as a colleague here at UNT Dallas, um, I've learned from him. And he's given me an opportunity to not only build a business where he's involved, uh, but he's given me a runway so that I can, I can grow. Um, they, he acknowledges, he sees my energy and my passion in growing Dallas, and he's kind of the the guardrails, um, uh, as long as well as Dr. Jamu Loving and, and Ed Fjordbach, um, three men um, who are all um, investing not only in people, um, in education, but also in the infrastructure of, of our of our community, of our of our city, and so uh, being a part uh, of that group. Uh, has really um, created opportunities that are really exciting. And so with that, I've learned how to um, create uh, an objective um, case from things that I've always felt, that I've always felt in my, in my bones that's right. Um, and, and that's creating an economic impact analysis that's trying to, net, to negotiate with developers uh, to build inclusive communities, uh, maintaining cultural um, relevance uh, for the existing populations and finding tools um, that not only developers, but also the government agencies, whether it's local, statewide or federal, um, can provide um, so that the citizens 
can can benefit from that. And so I'm just going through that process. And that allowed me that and as well as um, working with uh, developers for the last six years, um, just building uh, policies from their end um, so that they can they can create products for catalytic projects, not just a fee development type where I just want to build something and in 10 years try to sell it off. Mm. Uh, but um, being really intentional with building something that the city will be proud of 30, 40, 50 years in, into the future. Um, I've just been 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 fortunate uh, to, to, to be with uh, to, to be associated with those type of developers. Yeah, no, that, that, that's cool, man. And I. Um, and what, what it's a lot I want to say that, but mm-hmm. let's, let, let, let's before I go there. So, so there's a new project in Fort Worth, right? Is, and it's not new for the record. It's, it's oh, been it's ongoing for over two decades. Oh, okay. But yeah. Well, it's new to, it's relatively new to us. Um, I've been yeah, a part to of me, this. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. Well, it, well it's, uh, let's just say maybe in the early 2000s, um, there, there was a, there was an initiative to, to rebuild a portion of a neighborhood near downtown Fort Worth called Historic Southside. It's a historically okay. African-American community. There's several African-American communities in Fort Worth. Um, uh, and, you know, and so one, there's no, there's not a monolith. Similar to South Dallas versus Oak Cliff, mm-hmm. um, there are different communities as well. Um, Historic Southside, Como, um, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to, um, as a local Dallasite, I, I respect uh, every community's um, um, in, uh, unique uh, characteristics. But the, the, the neighbors of that community want to ensure the cultural relevancy of um, the, the established uh, Black leaders that, that built Fort Worth, essentially, that was a part of that community. And so as Fort Worth has been redeveloping, they did not want to experience full gentrification where it's a whitewashing of this area. Um, they wanted to at least at bare minimum um, show the community the contributions of the members of uh, the black community um, that, that, they've, that, that they've done and supported in the city. Um, and so they've created, they reinvented, re, redesigned uh, the library um, and there's, 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 if you go into the Evans and Rosell area, or if you Google historic Southside neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, you will see bike lanes, but you will also see, um, spaces where there are plaques of significant African-Americans who contributed to the city. And so that being said, there was an RFP, uh, around 2018, 2019 for developers, uh, to develop an urban village, um, in this particular neighborhood. Uh, my client, Hoke Global, um, won that bid in 2019. And since then, we've been organically talking to community stakeholders and community leaders just to be um, an effective uh, effective community leader. That's happened in various forms, um, whether it is passively um, supporting events that they're doing by attendance or when there's uh, when there's a, a catastrophe or something that's significant um, to to the community. We try to, to help uh, in, in any way we can. But recently, in the last two years, we've been working with the city of Fort Worth to move forward with our development plan. 
um, and we've been more engaged um, and more intentional um, so that we can build a product. It's, and it's about a $70 million product um, where we will not only have multifamily units um, that is closest to the highway where it's most dense, um, but we're also uh, providing space uh, for uh, a space like a neighborhood grocer or equivalent uh, to be a part uh, to to solve the food desert or the food swamp area uh, uh, predicament. Um, but we're also creating spaces where entrepreneurs um, or the new generation of businesses um, can provide live workspaces and innovation district. Uh, Mike Hoke, um, who is a who's a fairly young uh, developer, um, he's he's a he's a serial entrepreneur, and he he has a belief of not only building businesses that impact the community, but uh, providing uh, the vision um, so that the people who have that vision um, can take ownership of, 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 of these initiatives. And he's done that with his restaurant concepts, um, the Wicked Butcher, Wild Sauce, Dallas Chop House, Dallas Fish Market. Hmm. Um, he's done that in his transportation company. Um, and now he's doing that in development. And so he is, he is intentional in creating a space where, one, it is exciting to attend. Uh, it, it's going to aesthetically look good. It's going to be uh, a product that is that's going to last the test of time. But most importantly, it's going it's going to be welcoming to the existing community. What we don't want to do, what I don't want to do specifically as a black man, um, is to um, knowingly uh, force people out without giving um, the community an opportunity uh, and buy-in to be a part of it. Um, and that's the textbook definition of gentrification. Um, and we are, I'm trying as many um, ways to, to avoid um, going in that space. And the way we do that is having difficult conversations and being deliberate, um, like I said, since 2019, to, to try to get it right. We're not trying to be right, but we're trying to get it right. And so we're moving forward and we're excited that the community members, uh, organizations, as well as the city, uh, have been uh, intentional in, in building this $70 million, about eight acre uh, project where they'll have multifamily um, apartment units, as well as townhomes mm. um, and, and, and some uh, spaces, retail spaces. I like that. And I'm, I'm going to ask another question I've been meaning to ask. Really, I don't know if I'm meaning to ask you, but now you have the perfect resume for somebody I'd uh, and background and feeling to ask, but if you haven't formulated a positive answer for it, because I, I know the feeling of your answer, but if you're not able to put it in words, we can kick it down the road. Okay. But but one thing that I feel that's different, even in our early conversations about this topic, gentrification, we talked we, we talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I feel like now is different because you uh, you have a whole different. Uh, diversity of African American experiences, uh, right? Not you know, mm-hmm. uh, economically, right? I mean, like, like one of the miss pricings in the real estate market, or the miss the, the big opportunities is the fact that there there's so many. Like, I'm I'm a wealth manager, so I know where the money is, right? There are so many um, emerging affluent African American households. Um, in the in just south of thirty across the metroplex, right? You can you right. Go, go go from south of thirty Fort Worth, go yeah. all the way across. I, I think I know where you're going with this yeah, too. Yeah, this, 
<clears throat> and it's and is but it's nothing out there like for that demographic and there's so much down there's so much that can support it if it's done you know you know not like this not like give them something like no like whiskeys is dope because whiskeys gives us what we asked for you know what i'm saying and, and, and and exactly and, and, and so well one i do think i have a real spirit and a feeling that like that you're absolutely right I resonate with and I want to articulate. I think this this should be a part two. I definitely okay, want to perfect. come back yeah, yeah. to discuss. But I do want to state, um, yes, um, I've changed. I've evolved. Um, and, and, and this evolution is, is through my learning. Um, I've always known that Blacks are not monoliths. I've also been, uh, I'm also aware that there are different economic spaces in Black America, specifically in Black Dallas or Black North Texas, is what is what we should say um, for the sake of this argument or for the sake of this discussion. And so, um, I want to go to whiskeys. What whiskeys provides is not only that it's a Black. It's not a. It's just. It's not that it's just a Black-owned or Black-managed restaurant, but it is literally serving a need. That the marketplace can be set that can, that can satisfy the marketplace, mm -hmm. and so it's no longer a well. I'm going there because it's black. I'm going there because they have this Japanese whiskey that's amazing and it's close to Fair Park, and so I work downtown. I can easily there will be there's no excuse if you are near South Dallas Fair Park area. I'm going to call it South Dallas for just me being a natural a native Dallasite. Um, and you bypass that that watering hole and you go somewhere else out of the way um, and you're not supporting anyone else because that quality is the same. I think our our leaders, my father included, our community leaders, that was the purpose of their fight. Um, it wasn't to fight to be continue to be isolated. People interpreted that um, and, and that was inaccurate. What it is is when in the 60s, 50 plus years ago, when we started integrating our society, what was supposed to happen was that the best was supposed to rise to the top. And then the marketplace can dictate who can be successful or not. But there were there were policies, there were practices that prevented the top black businesses at that time to really shine. Mm -hmm. And so those advocates were fighting the government agencies, public opinion um, to let people know that we're relevant. And so now we have a diversified um, group of African-Americans that aren't living in a geogra one geographic area in which our society have dicta dictated that to us for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. We've branched out. And with Dallas and Fort Worth and the North Texas region being a, 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 a metropolis that is diversified in industry, um, we attract different blacks from different areas and they, um, they, they live and inhabit different areas of the, of the region. And so you have to find a way to still keep that cultural relevancy because we haven't forgotten where we come from for mm -hmm. the most part, but it can be misconstrued um, if you live, in, and this again, I'm learning this from my wife because my wife, 
uh, was born, oh, was uh, initially was raised in Pleasant Grove, and then they, mm-hmm. and when she was eight years old, they moved to Rowlett, Texas. And so she has a different worldview in terms of community, um, and she's experienced both sides. And and I'm learning that there those discussions still need to be had, um, and there still needs to be work to build the black ecosystem that's not necessarily geographic in nature. Mm. Yeah, no, we definitely got to have, shoot, we can do a whole podcast on like Yeah, a, that's what that's what I want to press by saying. Yeah. Let's do, let's do a part <laughs> on that. But, uh, yeah, but yeah. That, that's, that's my initial thoughts on that. No, I appreciate that, man. Well, I appreciate you coming to share. Let everybody know where uh, they can reach if they're interested in doing some development, uh, oh, cool. you know, in, in Dallas or just, you know, uh, yeah, y- y'all can hit me on my on, on my socials, uh, Instagram and Twitter. And while I have Twitter, I'm not paying eight dollars a month for the record. Um, man, well, I decide. Let me let me let me reassess that. My spirit is I'm unsettled in in this. <laughs> uh, but you can get me at at mr matt houston at mr matt houston. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Instagram is also at mr matt houston. Um, TikTok, I am at Matt Houston. I forgot. It was, I haven't, I don't use that much. I don't do all that dancing stuff. <laughs> uh, but you, you can search me there and you can email me at matt.houston at collaborativeculturellc.com. Hey man, you can you can you can hit him with some of them uh, old undergrad alpha moves, man. You know, uh, my train. So, come on. so I am literally uh, w- watching like the these young folk because I'm freaking nineteen years in the frat now, and so uh, the train is different. Everything's different from all organizations except yeah. the kids. They're pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but but their stuff is always you all you got to be athletic. I mean, you got to be twenty year olds, you know, to 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 do what the cues do because man, they've always been super athletic with their moves. Yeah, buddy. Well, hey, uh, appreciate you. Hold on a bit afterwards, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna end the broadcast. See y'all later. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.